everyone. This is the Play to Win podcast, and we've got three game gurus here this week for our discussion. I'm Alex. Joining me this week are Jared and Josh. So this week we're going to talk about Mass Effect Legendary Edition. And actually, we're going to do this one a little bit different than we've done the other ones, because if you're playing along with us, you know that Mass Effect Legendary Edition is three massive role-playing games. So we're going to do this week on Mass Effect, and then we will have a special follow-up episode next week, which will be Mass Effect 2, and then we'll come up with the end of the month with Mass Effect 3. And that way we can do these games justice. I know at least Jared and I have a whole lot we want to talk about. And I'm excited to hear what Josh has to say. And then, of course, if you've got things to say, please hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on the uh, email address and uh, hit us up on Reddit. And we'll make sure we get those conversations added in over there. So without further ado, we're going to start off with Mass Effect uh, 1, the Legendary Edition version. So all three of these games, go ahead and get this out of the way, are developed by BioWare and part of the uh, EA Publisher series. The release date for the Legendary Edition was May 14th, 2021. And the scores for Mass Effect Legendary Edition are uh, 9 from Steam, 88 from Open Critic, and 8 from ICN, with Metacritic, at least for Xbox, giving it a 90, which is a pretty solid score there. And so let's go ahead and talk a little bit about our backgrounds on Mass Effect. Uh, and, and before you get into that, just by the way, um, with Josh coming into the fold, uh, we played this, Alex and I have a Series X, and then Josh played on a Series S. Yeah, Just that's to a give good everybody some context. So he has a PlayStation Five as well. So as we, um, as he starts, you know, doing these with us, if he plays on PS Five to provide a little extra context there, we'll we'll let you know. It's a little bit of variety there. All yep. right. So you know, Josh, since you're the you know, newcomer here, why don't you tell the folks what your experience is, your history is, I should say, with the Mass Effect series. Well, my history with Mass Effect is mainly um, in terms of immersive the past month, pretty much. You know, which is when the game came out about a month and a half ago. Um, but other than that, I've kind of just been on the periphery, I guess you could say, with uh, you and Jared. Primarily Jared. I know he was the, the rabid fan, you know, back <laughs> when... Uh, Back when um, we were all living in the same state, you actually wrote a song based on the series, right? Oh, yeah. I forgot about, the I didn't July. about that for this. Yeah. Oh, and that'll be in the background at some point during this, this podcast, so people will get a little bit of a listen there. Yeah, we, you can catch the references. We, we can, uh, we'll link that song in iTunes, too, if y'all want to listen to it. So, sure, sure. I, I like it. So yeah. one, of the, one of the cool things about having Josh come in on this episode is he is kind of that newcomer to the series, which is really going to be awesome, um, because that's kind of a question a lot of people had, is especially about Mass Effect 1, does this hold up with a modern audience, even with the modernization that they've done for the Legendary Edition? 
Jared, why don't you tell the folks what your experience is with the Mass Effect? Um, with Mass Effect. Oh, Mass Effect. All right, let's uh, let's go in the Wayback Machine, the circa. Besides writing music about it. Besides writing music. Um, so when Mass Effect One came out, I remember seeing the commercials for it, but at that time I wasn't an RPG guy, so I thought it looked kind of dumb. Um, I just like from those ads, I just remember seeing the Mako movie. And I was like, this looks kind of weird. And I also remember, I don't remember what the game was, but something released, the midnight release that Mass Effect released. And I remember being there that night, but I was there for the other thing, not for Mass Effect. So I remember seeing people excited for Mass Effect. So um, when I actually took a chance on Mass Effect was the first time I lived here in Colorado. Um, This was around 2010, 2011 when Mass Effect 2 came out. I just needed a game. I was bored. I was living here by myself. And so I tried Mass Effect 2 and I just absolutely loved everything about it. And I was just like, where's this been? So after I finished that, I went back and I played Mass Effect 1 and I didn't understand the nuances of the game that, you know, pieces of 1 will carry over into 2. So that was a surprise to me at the time. And so when I went back and played one and then I played two again and saw that the game was substantially different in, in places, I was like, this is freaking awesome. So I was drinking the Mass Effect Kool-Aid at that point. And then um, three was the only one of the trilogy that I um, I got when it was released. But I played this Pretty game. sure we were at, at uh, midnight release together for that game. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure we were. And I I've played the trilogy before the legendary edition at least ten times. And that's that's all three games. I was not counting the times when I played, you know, just two and then played two again and one like I've put a embarrassing amount of hours into this game. Like have you and played then, through every ending? No, I, and the thing with me, and when I find an RPG and I absolutely love it, like Mass Effect, I can play it this many times, um, with the same endings. I'll, I'll mix up like right. relationships and stuff. So uh-huh. I've done different romances throughout the story arc and I have my feelings on what the real person thing, person, alien individual you should romance. That makes most sense throughout the story. But yeah, I've switched all that up. Um, I've played, uh, female shepherd and male shepherd. Uh, right. to see the differences there. But I haven't changed the ending because I, I think control, uh, sorry folks. Don't, 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 don't I, spoil I, anything. I think the, the green and the teal ending aren't as good as the red ending, especially with one result from the red ending. Yeah. So, um, so no, I, I did the same thing every time. You know, I'm, I'm kind of like you. I will play through the game almost exactly the same a multitude of times and still enjoy every second of it. It's it's actually hard for me. It's as awesome as it would be and, and part of the game is to play through Renegade or Paragon. Mm-hmm. It's really hard for me to go Renegade because I just don't align with that style very well. But every now and then it's cool to throw in a Renegade action and um, we'll talk more about that with Mass Effect 2 because I feel like that's when it really got kind of exciting to play with. And there, there are a few Renegade actions where, like, in my head, I will always do them. Yeah. Because yeah. it seems like the right thing. But that's I, another I thing with me in this game is I've just done it so many times. I'm Like, I know the points. I have a roadmap in my head of how to play it. So Yeah. So, you know, with me, I've, I've been playing Mass Effect. I You know, the funny thing is I never owned the first Mass Effect originally. 
I, in college, we had a roommate, Josh, you'll know this, this roommate, um, Ben, who had the game and was a, another big gamer like, like us. And he, he got me onto that game. I, I don't remember exactly how, but I just remember starting to play that game. And I was a huge RPG fan and I was huge into shooters. I mean, I had Halo before that. And so it was kind of a nice amalgam of like a Halo, you know, space odyssey, but also with this deep, ingrained story and choices and the only game that really prior to this for me that did choice like this was Fable and of course mm-hmm. that was nowhere near the level of what Bioware ended up doing with Mass Effect which just was incredible now of course we didn't know at this point that Mass Effect was going to be this giant space opera with these spider web intertwined thread choice that like could every choice would actually come back in the last game and make be somewhat meaningful, you know, new dialogue or like a different character you could, you could gather. So it was kind of crazy at the time. I, so, I mean, I something to be that. even said about that is those mechanics came around a long time ago, that concept. And I don't know, Bioware may have it copywritten or trademarked or whatnot, that concept of carrying over into other games. But I know, other games have tried similar things and just nobody has done it the same way. I have never seen it executed as well and as extensively as, as Bioware did with Mass Effect. Even after the EA acquisition, it's so still a, a, Kind of a funny um, kind of callback. This may not have been the first game to try it, but I know one of the first games, that oldest games that I can think of that tried to carry your save data over from one game to the next was actually, and you'll laugh at this, but it was Banjo-Kazooie. Huh. So when they went from Banjo-Kazooie to Banjo-Tooie, Rare actually copyrighted, they have in the game, if anybody's played it, they have what's called the swap and sh- uh, stop and swap. Mm-hmm. And um, the idea was you put in Banjo-Kazooie, you beat the game, you've done some things, and then you put in Banjo-Kazooie, you have your banjo tooie cartridge on the side. You start the game. You pull out banjo one while it's playing, and you put banjo tooie in. And there's a little bit of data that stays on the RAM while the game is still active. <laughs> that is then pulled into the next game. And so the idea was originally was going to be that's how you got some stuff in banjo tooie. Like your choices, some of the things you collected carried over. Obviously, this is much smaller, and Nintendo is like, uh-uh, we're not, we're literally telling people not to do this. You can't go right. around and start telling people to take their games out while they're on. That just sounds like a bad idea. Like, yeah, well, it sounds like a lot of, uh, sounds like a lot of, uh, um, class action lawsuits. Even since, though, like, The Witcher 2 to Witcher 3 did it, where you had some choices, but the thing is, is, I have zero desire, I mean, other than the fact that I want to go back and see how it is again, but, like, I had no burning desire to play Witcher 2 ever again for those ah. choices, whereas yeah. going through and playing Mass Effect, I, I wouldn't feel satisfied with filling out the comic before each one. Like, I'd want to go through and make sure I got through the previous game before I play the next game, whereas, like, Witcher 2, I'll jump into Witcher 3 and just, oh, this is what I did last time, I'm fine with that, you know? So let's talk about that a little bit with Mass Effect. That does it hold up, you know? So uh, we're going to do a little bit of time spoiler-free here, and then we're going to jump into the full spoiler cast. We'll let everybody know before we jump into the, the real spoilery section. But 
one of the big questions was, does Mass Effect 1 hold up? You know, there's a big debate. Some people say Mass Effect 1's the best one because of the lore building and the story it's set up and, the, you know, people who really like RPGs and, and the interaction there. Others are like, don't play Mass Effect 1, skip the 2. You know, you'll save yourself so much time and you'll enjoy it. What, where do you guys fall on that, Josh? People actually say that? I, oh, yeah. I mean, I get... I'm like I said, I'm still fairly new, so like I'm just I'm, I don't know my that kind of blows my mind. Like why if you had the ability to create a better story in the second third of the series with playing the right. first part, like why wouldn't you? So I literally was just listening to a, an IGN game podcast, one I love, mind you, and I I really actually um, respect and, and like the uh, viewpoints of all the the individuals who are on that podcast and they had it uh there was a couple of people on there that are like no you have to play mass effect one what are you talking about and then there was at least one or two on there like nah just skip it go on to the next one so it, it's 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 out there and i don't think they're the only ones thinking that i think yeah. i've seen that elsewhere. It's, it's, uh, well it's, i mean you miss so much if you do not take in mass effect one and there's so many there's so many just huge moments in Mass Effect 1 that you, yeah. you have to experience. You have to. I, and and I, we won't get yeah. into those specifics yet. I mean, we will later in the we show. Will, but um, Well, I mean, I mean, upon first playthrough of each game, I think that, I mean, in terms of like, I think I mentioned this to you guys, but like a hierarchy of best to worst, in my opinion, it's 3-1-2. So, I mean, I'm not going to not play Mass Effect 1, personally. But, right. um and they're all still great games, even yeah. no matter how you yeah. would order them. They're still fantastic games. Now, and, and here's something, too. So before I knew about Legendary Edition coming out, I was feeling that Mass Effect itch. And so with EA Access, the 360 versions are on them. So I started playing Mass Effect 1. It is bad. The, the, the regular core original version, it is so hard <laughs> it, to play. It is janky. It... The character models are weird. The the shooting is just floaty and spongy. And the improvements in the love that they put into just Mass Effect 1 by itself. Yeah. A, you, you need to commend the efforts that they put in to bring this game back up to, to speed. Because it, it's impressive. But it still plays really well, the update. So and Mass Effect I think 1 play them all. came out. I say play them all. Mass Effect 1 came out in 2007 originally, November 16th, 2007. So that's 14 years ago, right? Right. So almost 14 years ago. And, I mean, that's just crazy when when you think about it. And I, I agree, you know, I, the first time, you got to play Mass Effect 1 once, at least. And I always thought that. You have to, if you're going to play Mass Effect, start with 1, play through that because you'll, you'll bank yourself later, even if it's not your necessarily cup of tea and then you like the more action-y stuff in 2. It, it's a lot harder to go back from 2 to 1 than it well, is to go from 1 to 2, 3. So, take it from a guy that started with Mass Effect 2. As yeah. I played Mass Effect 2, it's still... I mean, I was able to get through it, and it makes sense eventually... But when I went back and played one, I was like, ooh. It makes because a lot more sense, right? They referenced the previous game so much, too. Yeah. And so when you hear the name Saren all the time in Aspect 2, you're like, who's the Saren guy they keep talking about? Right. Like, why do I care? 
Well, and, and I remember Cerberus is such a big deal in two, and I played through one twice before I played two, and I'm like, yeah. I don't remember Cerberus hardly at all because there's just this little side. But now that you know Cerberus, though, going back and playing one, knowing oh, the, yeah. the context of Cerberus, it's a lot cooler. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but anyway, do you want to get into review, or do we want to keep... Yeah, let's talk a little bit about the the overall thoughts on this game. So, you know, let's talk about some of the enhancements. I know they did a lot of visual enhancements with this game compared to the original version of it. I know, Josh, you may not have as... You won't be able to necessarily do a comparison, but you can give us your thoughts on, what, on yeah. how the game looks. You know, I was seeing a lot of stuff on the interwebs about people not... not of course, you can't please everybody. There was some people very critical of the enhancements that they did give with Mass Effect 1. And I, I want to say these are probably purists that are like, if you change, give me anything other than exactly what it was before, I don't, I don't want it. Because there's a lot of people talking about, well, they just changed the entire feel. They changed the entire, <laughs> like, tone of the game. And, and you know, because they did lighten up some areas and they darkened some areas. Right. They changed color palette for some areas you know my thoughts i did not feel any of that was negative i was pleased with all the visual enhancements that i had i thought you know i did notice where like one of the stark color changes that you notice is when you're talking with udina on the citadel he looks quite a bit different because they they lightened up his color palette quite a bit compared mm-hmm. to where it was just very bland um so i, I don't i don't know I, I i do see what people are talking about like this is so Dina. <laughs> uh, i see what people are talking about it, it does look different and then there's other areas like you'll go to a planet and now it's got this bright colorful sky whereas before it was very dark and bland and i just i feel like that was in an in intentional effect that they added that they couldn't necessarily do as much of before right if these planets a little bit more variation because that that was another issue with the original mass effect is i and one of the reasons why i don't remember the cerberus stuff as much side quests were all so similar cuttery yeah yeah yeah. All, the 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 outposts all look the same like they're all the same layout on the inside so yeah. you know exactly where to go on each one yeah. But, like, and you have to realize, and this is to all you quote-unquote purists out there, the lighting changes and the reasons for the lighting the way it was at the time was because of technological limitations, and they had right. to do it. And so when you complain about them updating the lighting to a modern era because they have the ability to do it on the current hardware and you complain about it, it's just kind of silly. That's, like, anti-progress in the video game industry to me. is, is how, That's all I hear when I hear people make those arguments. And don't get me wrong, I am someone who loves pixel art and pixel art video games, so I love classic stuff, and I love keeping some of that stuff, or, or hearkening back to that some of that stuff, but especially when we start getting the 3D era, why wouldn't you want to go as far, push the technology as far as it can go, right? Right. Right, and they, they didn't change enough of the core mechanics for me to really be like, oh, this is a Mass Effect. Yeah, I agree. It still played... It played like I remember it feeling, which exactly. is we're kind of jumping to a different area there, the mechanics here, but it it 
you know, if I were to go, like you said, if I were to go back and play Mass Effect, the original Mass Effect 360 version right now, I would probably be like, this is not as fun as I remember. I didn't even make it to the Prothean Beacon. It was that hard to play. I couldn't (laughs) even get that far. But now, it's like, this is exactly how I remember it, even though it's way smoother and and quicker and and the gunplay is better. It's how you romanticized it. Exactly. Exactly, Josh. I don't don't know. And the mechanics are still dated. They still are. Even when you play it now. Um, But they they still feel really, really good. But that never took me out of the game. I never no, not at all. Mechanic or anything, especially once you started playing. Once you get a few hours into the game, you're like, it doesn't even like it doesn't even matter anymore. I will I say the one thing gameplay wise that <laughs> that I kept doing it was so freaking annoying was you get in the habit of reloading your gun, but in Mass Effect One, they're the heat regeneration thing, and That's so I kept yeah. throwing random grenades. Yeah, I did that too. I would just, I a lot. I'd get after a firefight and there's nobody left. I'd just chuck my grenade for no reason. <laughs> Josh, what did you think about the, uh... Celebrating. Yeah. right? Grenade Josh... that's, that's the Mass Effect meme. Just... <laughs> Throw <them> like baseball. <laughs> Those things are like little, like, Discs that just slide. I, so yeah, one. I, yeah, I they, still have no idea how to use them. Yeah, I think you a, can. I think you can detonate them if you push X again. Yeah, yeah. And I think I yeah. So we'll get into that. Yeah, they're just, it's, it's literally on a freaking wire. <laughs> Josh, what what did you think about the um, visual style for Mass Effect One? Um. I well for for the legendary remaster um I wasn't expecting initially you know I get this isn't really a spoiler but for the the exact um graphic update to be carried over from game to game to game so they're all you know basically the same except certain um tweaks they did to characters to show aging you know things like that like Ashley, her hair is down later in the series. You know, honestly, I I think I, I would disagree. I feel like I noticed the games, like some of it still carried over. Like it still looked kind of, it's old, so it looked a little plasticky. That's fine. But I felt like the game did increase in graphics quite a bit as you went game to game. Even on the maybe that was just me, but that's that's what I felt like. The art style changes enough between the three of them too, to where I think that. Where there might not have been a huge graphical upgrade, the art style being different still had that much of an effect. Like the but jump from two to three, too, especially the character looks a lot different in three than they do in two. Well, I remember like I created my character in one, and I remember like, eh, I'm just gonna keep his helmet on. He doesn't look all that good. But then <laughs> as I got I'm like, oh, he's he looks like a human now. And when I get to three, he's like, this is what my my uh, shepherd is supposed to look like, right? This is what I mm-hmm. want him to look like. So that that's like another thing is I felt like aspects of the game got less plasticky, less. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I, obviously, like you know, like motor skills and things like that will improve just from the. Uh, development and learning that the programming team has from game to game. I mean, I, playing through the first one, you have the the 4K updated graphics and everything, but you still have like the weird 
like facial expressions, you know, like the mannequin esque kind sure. of like uh, glossed over eyes and stuff. And, and those don't go away. That was a big problem with Andromeda too, is the weird yeah. facial expression. And the big the, thing for me was the hands. <laughs> Nobody knows what to do with their hands. They're always like <laughs> this. Like and they'll even be like forked like this and stuff, and yeah. like, well, like they're, they're like having serious conversations, and they're like their hands are in their lap. And I, I wish y'all can see what I was doing, but it's really, it's really I awkward. Always, yeah. I was, but hands are at, hard. I was really. laughing at like Shepard's facial expressions, and then how people just uh, like when the conversation's over, they're like, okay, and then they turn they to just, the right and walk out of the screen. They just <laughs> dip off, off to the side. It's just, it, it made it's, me it's laugh. Always, it's always like it acknowledge the conversation, yeah. look to the side. <laughs> I love it. But I, I honestly think that, that they kept that just because it added personality to the game. Because yeah. by the time yeah. they got to three, they could have gotten rid of that. But it's silly and it's fun. And it's just like... When they and in three, I mean, not the this isn't really a spoiler, but they kind of, you know, poke fun at the series in that regard. But um, yeah, no, it's it, very it, self-aware by that point. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's really like having a serious conversation. People are dying. Serious conversation. Is that a salad bar? <laughs> <laughs> they leave with that Ooh, a piece of candy. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, the visual style. It definitely. I feel like it improved cro- across games, but the. I guess what I'm kind of taking from the three of us is that the improvements we saw as improvements, not they didn't detract from the game. Sounds like Josh didn't really, you know, as as coming out of uh, never playing the original, it didn't it wasn't something that seemed off or weird to you. No, and I mean the the hardest part, honestly, of the entire series to get used to was the combat within Mass Effect 1. Like, just the learning mm-hmm. curve that that is present within that game um, that I immediately noticed when I went to the um, the location where you meet Liara, right? It's, you know, when you're fighting your way to that location, the final fight to get into the structure is just like, holy shit. I, I, I don't know if we should curse. Is, is that okay? No, that's fine. Yeah, you're okay. good. But I was just like, uh, this is ridiculous. I died like maybe 15, 20 times on that fight. And then I finally started um, directing people to hide behind stuff because you like uh-huh. actually have to do that within the first one. And I, like, I'm like, okay, now now I'm figuring this out. If they go, if I, you know, hit the, uh, the left arrow on the um, D-pad, they're going to go right here and they won't get, they won't just stand and get shot for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> We'll AI get, wasn't the we'll best. We'll get into AI. I have yeah. to say about that. So, I mean, you're you're kind of coming off of one of the things that defines Mass Effect one more so than two and three is it is more of an RPG even in the combat. Yeah. Like, all of them, you have the choice of an RPG. All of them, you have the some of the character building pieces. Obviously, a lot more so with one. You really can't chalk up necessarily squad mechanics though, just RPGs. No, so. you're right. But, it, but they kind of want you to stop and think about it tactically. That's even right, why when right, you bring right, up right. a power wheel, it stops all combat. I mm. kind of would have liked a, this, this is just a personal note, but I would have liked a power wheel instead of holding the button down to do all the stuff. Like, I just click it, it brings it up, and it stops everything, and then I can kind of leisurely move through. And or, 
I mean, th- this might just be more of like a personal preference to me, but if it was more of a real time, like pull up the, the, the ability wheel while I can still move around and think about tactical stuff, you know, like, uh, uh, sort of like a Dark Souls kind of, yeah, kind of, uh, a way to change equipment on the move. But that's purely, um, I recognize that as pure just being selfish and wanting that style of game or trying to see like yeah. how how could I improve this yeah. for my for my own desires. Well and that's my, kind of that's kind of the way that they introduced RPG mechanics into a shooter, right? Is they yeah. they stopped you know, turn based RPGs were the RPGs at that time. There wasn't a lot of action RPG like there wasn't a there wasn't a Final Fantasy VII remake style RPG at that time, right? That so like that was turn based mechanics in an action game, right? And one thing they got rid of that I am so glad they did was the RNG for when you're firing guns, the random number generator that you might just miss every now and then for no apparent reason. I have you, I'm taking a sniper rifle. I have you dead in the reticle. And I fire, and it dismisses. Like what? Why? <laughs> Coriolis effect, Alex, in it's space. So weird. Coriolis in space. But they they did away with that, which I really really think was a good improvement. It brings it much more in line with the other games. And they, you know, I didn't. I was never huge into like, oh, you got to spend skill points in order to use your sniper rifle, like effectively. I'm like, I I was never really into that a- aspect of it. So I'm glad that they. They kind of made that irrelevant almost. Like, you could still do that, but I could use my sniper rifle at zero points just as well as I could use it with a few points into it, you know? Oh, and we'll talk sniper rifles. <laughs> um, so, let's uh, let's try to give our, our spoiler-free just review of the first game. For sure. And then um, let's get into specifics. I, I want to start talking some spoilery specifics about things. So Jared, what what would you think what did you think about the game as a whole then? So Mass Effect 1, um I would say as as far as the game itself, it's a very contained story, but it's still very it's a grand story at the same time to where um you're chasing after one bad guy but there's layers that get peeled away until you find something greater and more, you know, and and, and more pressing at the end. Pressing is not the right word. Um, so that's really cool. It, it opens itself up really well. There's a there's a grander scheme, if yeah. you will. Yeah, so you think, oh, I'm just after this bad guy, and it's just like, oh, am I just after this bad guy? So I, I really like how the game does that, and I would say, story-wise, as far as how it's written, beginning, middle, and end, I like one story the most. Yeah. Um, and I think it's how they're all made, and I'm, I won't get into two and three now, but it's a perfect step, you know, to the next game as far as how big it gets and how, where the plots go. Um, but Mass Effect, it's kind of, uh, it's, it, I mean, it really feels like we could be there in what year is it? Like 2157 or something like that. But in 100, 200, uh, 2183. Yeah. And, and, over a hundred years or so, it seems like that's a realistic place we can be. Technology. That, that was a really cool thing about Mass Effect is it. It seems like a logical 
technological jump in most aspects. There's, there's in most aspects. And granted, well, we, in, don't, we don't have the alien influence where, right. you know, in Mass Effect, the story is, oh, we were bebopping along until we found some protein technology and it right. boosted us 200 and years that, in the future. Yeah, that's and exactly I, what I was going to bring up. Can't really like, speak that's what to that kind of the catalyst. Life. That's like right. what the catalyst is for humanity is that they they find like an outpost on Mars or something yeah, and then they right. discover a mass effect relay that they didn't under- realize it was at the time and then they understand how to um, build technology to use it do you guys, do faster do you guys than know light. The, do you guys know the lore that leads up to the first contact war because it's really funny <laughs> in how how the turians and the humans ran into each other so humans discover the first mass effect uh mass relay right and we were like what is this thing and the aliens that were already established in the galaxy, they decided which ones were turned on and which ones were turned off. And we were coming across these mass relays that were turned off. And of course, being human, we were just like, let's just turn them on. So every mm-hmm. mass relay that we came across, we would just turn it on, just assuming nobody else had seen it. And the Turians eventually were just like, what are these things turning these on? They need to stop. <laughs> and then so they like, they came up, they're like, stop it. And we pretty much just started fighting them until. America, or America, humanity right, was like, no! Yeah. <laughs> we turned on new toy! You know? <laughs> so when I heard that, I thought it was really funny. Um, very human thing to do. So Mass Effect 1, great starting stepping stone, does a perfect job of telling the story and introducing the lore in the world. You know, for me, I like the... It's a cool mystery. Of, it's a yeah. cool mystery. It, it, it has a great stepping stone, too, between old-school gaming and new-school gaming, too. Like, I don't think people give it credit enough for how it was pulling things forward. You go back and play, I hear, I have not played this, but Knights of the Old Republic, their Bioware's previous game, and you really get a sense for how they took that game and created Mass Effect. You definitely do. similar mechanics to it. But they added a lot of new mechanics. Yeah. They did a great job of jumping from a, a, a shooter and, and and an RPG, I feel like, in a lot of ways. I think they improved on it so much with this new Legendary Edition version. And There's another game, too, in between, um, and, and I, it's just important in the, the evolution of Bioware RPGs. I think it's called Jade Empire. Yeah, that's but like that's, that's perfect game. super, super, super important as far as the life fan of these RPGs because you would not have Mass Effect without a Jade Empire or a Knights of the Old Republic and when you look at those games you can really see what was baked into Mass Effect from those games before so just in mentioning Knights of the Old Republic I I feel that you have to mention Jade Empire too um, and and we didn't talk about this at all yet but the music in Mass Effect is really oh my goodness. Really awesome. I, yeah. I mean, the I just there and listen to that. The Presidium on, reminds on my... me of like the Hobbit music. A little bit. It's good background music. I just sit there. Well, and and I love how they the brought some of the ones from one back into three later, and we'll get into that too. But some yeah, of yeah, from noted it all especially. Yeah. And, and I, I think they did such a good job of working within the confines of the technology of the time. Like, yeah. you go to the Citadel, and it feels massive, mm-hmm. even though it's just a bunch of corridors. Yeah. Because they couldn't do massive open. I, I like the Citadel so much more on Mass Effect 1 than Mass Effect 2. I feel like they 
even though it, it was more open, it was also felt much smaller on that aspect too. Two, yeah, it just seemed kind of like a almost like an afterthought, maybe. And then, like and then they, three, it was like my condo's worth of stuff. I mean, DLC aside, yeah, the base yeah. Citadel in Mass Effect Three is very tiny. It just has like yeah. the three levels of stores and yeah. yeah. But anyway, we won't talk. I about thought that. three. Well, we'll come back to three. But yeah. I thought three better than two at least. I thought it was a little bit closer to one, but one felt very, very large, even though it I wasn't just, really that big. I just really like grifting all the shopkeepers in two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, favorite wait, store in the Citadel. I thought I was your favorite <laughs> store in the Citadel. Like, nope. Now, um, Mass Effect <laughs> One, they, they, uh, the story, the core story is, I think, my favorite one. Yeah. One. But the side quests are very eh on Mass Effect One. Yeah. So, like, I could see in a future playthrough and even recommending to others, don't even really worry about side quests on Mass Effect. I mean, do a couple, yeah. but don't I go out of your way. If you're concerned about getting the most out of the story throughout the entire trilogy, then play everything. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But if you just want, like, for Mass Effect 1 and 2, like, I mean, not even 2, that's, I shouldn't say that. For Mass Effect 1, yeah, you can go through the story and do minimal side stuff. Yeah. And be okay. So I think I think the one of the arguably the most important thing that one does in hindsight of just playing the entire trilogy is the establishment of characters. Mm-hmm. The the core the core group of um um Normandy characters that you have for the entire trilogy, whether or not they're accessible for the entire trilogy. They at one point or another come back. Um but you know the the humble beginnings, if you will, that you see, um, or not Rex start at to where he ends up at the end of the trilogy. Um, Liara as well. Um, mm-hmm. Tally. I love her arc. I love yeah. Tally. Um, and, and then obviously Joker, you know, he, he gets a little more of the, uh, the comic relief as the story or the, the series continues to but he's, he's unravel. He's also the heart of the, of the story yeah. too. Yeah. Seth Green does such a good um, job as Joker. So, by the way, folks, uh, if you want just a, a m- amazing story, like a great mystery, kind of that feel of, you know, we have to figure out what's going on here behind the scenes cop story that you would get, you know, Mass Effect is that. It has, you know, it has themes of Star Wars, but it also, you know, has themes of Star Trek, too. Like, you get all of that in there. Mm-hmm. But it really feels like it's a coherent place to where we could be in the next 500 years as people. Um, it, nothing in there feels over the top for the most part, um, as, as where like lightsabers and Star Wars and stuff where it seems a little more fantasy. Yeah. Um, it, this feels just true sci-fi, not all that fantasy stuff. So, um, I would suggest going out there and playing it. You can get through the core story and probably, I mean, without the side missions in about 10 hours, probably. Yeah. I think it's 20 ish hours to beat the entire thing. And if, yeah, if you're being, thorough it'll take you 20 25 hours it could probably get you up to 30 on not only that they give you a little bit of autonomy on how you want to tackle the main story in mass effect one which is kind of which is kind of cool for the start of the series now for for people too before we get into spoilers uh with these games first of all do not feel ashamed for looking up any sort of guides or anything like that these games have so much nuance and so many weird timing things that can affect your entire play that if you do something out of place in one time, it could change the trajectory of how things are going. So 
if you want to get the most out of it and you have an idea of what kind of an ending you'll want to get out of just this game itself and then all three of them overall, use a guide. It's not a big deal. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that you you would have no way of knowing unless you looked it up. I think we've established when we played our Resident Evil yeah. playthrough, don't feel bad about playing with a guide. And I think when we talked about with Outriders, do not feel bad about lowering the difficulty. Play right. however is most fun to you. So, so I think um, I think we could spoiler free. Up. Let's get into yeah. yeah so just kind of tie a nice little bow on that section. We really love Mass Effect. The Legendary mm-hmm. Edition is the way to play the game. I will never go back and mm-hmm. play the original again. I think it's a, still a solid eight or nine of ten if we're gonna put a number on it. Um, but yeah, it, one, it is is great. One thing that I don't know that we really touched upon. I know you, you said that we draw influence from things like Star Trek, but the uh. I thought it was worth mentioning that the Alliance logo on the yeah. uniform is very similar to the Star Trek logo. Oh yeah, I, I think that's yep. I think that's done on purpose. And in oh, terms it's an of homage Space Force to Star logo, Trek yeah, sure, yeah. So that uh, that's another thing we didn't talk about, and we'll now we're transitioning now to the spoiler. So, part of the uh, so folks, Wait. if you don't want to hear things, the next cover your sensitive minutes. ears or, or or leave and come back after you've had a chance to play. But thanks for being. Yeah, yeah. This game is such an homage to all the sci-fi out there, and it's one of the things I loved about replaying this game as I've matured is I am more aware of what those homages are now than I was when I played it the first time. Right. I mean, there is such pull from Star Trek and Buck Rogers and all yeah. this stuff, you know, that I like... Hitchhiker's Guide. Hitchhiker's Guide. And, like, I can see it in other aspects of sci-fi now, because, like, you go and watch the... Uh, the um, Oh, I forgot what it was called. We just talked about this. The Orville? The Orville. Orville. Oh, I love it. Don't watch that, and it pulls the same kind of tropes into it. I'm like, okay, this. I really feel like this is right in there with all that stuff. But it's definitely got that that space odyssey, that ethical morality, um, you know, um, journey to basically unravel... There's an ethical morality part of it through it, going through it, and how you interact with, with... new races and new and, and new species yeah. and then there's there's the political piece like you know with the Udina and Anderson and the council and, the council and, and right. like they're just constantly getting in your way the whole time as you're trying to chase Saren down and and you can take it one of two ways the whole game right you can be like alright I, I get that they want they don't believe me I gotta go find proof right or they they can or they can take it the other way sorry my watch went off thought i was talking to talking to her apparently oh Um, alexa so the other piece there was you can also take it the other way is like damn this all to hell you don't believe me i'm going rogue right well and let's let's get into just like a a spoilery overview of mass effect one so um you kind of zip through it just to give us some sort of foundational thing where you start with the expositional Hey, we have a problem. Who should we send on the problem? How about this shepherd guy? He did X, Y, and Z. And so before you start the game, too, you figure out, did you grow up on Earth? Did you grow up in space? Did you grow up in colonies? 
Um, you All know, your motivations, were, right? Were your parents in the military? Were they this, that, and the other? So you kind yeah. of set up that background up until the point, I believe, regardless of that, you still, you know, were in the Skillian Blitz and you still did all that that first contact war stuff which is kind of cool because you don't think about the fact too that all this stuff happened like 15 years ago too i know that's crazy to think about every time i think about that so humans really are brand spanking new in in the the galactic community so we go down to a uh we have our red shirt guy and then caden which Caden is, what is he, a tech-slash-biotic guy? He's, yeah, yeah, he's like a, a um, his big thing is he went to that biotic school to yeah. get his backstory and how, cool. how hard yeah. that was. Yeah, I know. It's yeah, it was stuff. a little rough. Um, it's more of like a, a lot of dark or some sort of, yeah. There's a but, lot of dark background. And Jenkins, so you get down to the colony, and then Jenkins gets got really quickly, and yeah. then you happen upon races Ashley. So Ashley is, she's a oh, pure... she's so awful. She's a pure soldier, so that's she just has combat skills. Um, but she's an alliance officer, and it's just like, well, you can come with me if you want to, you know, bring her along. And then you just kind of go from there. So you're really chasing after Geth, and you just think that this is what New Horizon. You just think it's a Geth attack, and then um, you get to the point where you find Mister Sleepyhead, and he lets you know that Saren was there, and Nihilus, the other Spectre you were there with, got killed by Saren. Yeah. And that's kind of the first point to where Poor the, plot's, the plot's just like, Ooh, right. excuse me? R.I.P. in peace, Nihilus. So, um... In peace, in peace. Yes. So from there, after you figure out, you know, you're chasing after Saren, you find a Prothean beacon. Um, Protheans are this ancient race of aliens that were wiped out 50,000 years ago. People have no idea what happened to them. None of the races do. Um, and... Ashley is being stupid and playing with the new toy and then she starts getting sucked into it and Shepard pushes her out of the way and then he gets a vision Be of the hero he is of meat and 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 cybernetics <laughs> yeah. and destruction and a really everything. gross it was gross I, I found it pretty yeah. grotesque to look at and it's really hard to make out the first time you do it it's actually <laughs> a lot easier to make out in the in the in the legendary edition than it was the original. And now for the first time too with video captures, we've actually seen what made up those visions. And apparently Casey, I think it was Casey, the lead guy on it. Casey Hudson? Yeah, he did those in his garage. He literally bought steak in like microchips <laughs> and he put them on there and just pictures of, I kid you not. And that's <laughs> how they made those scenes because they wanted to do it on the cheap. They could have computer generated anything they wanted to. Yeah. But instead they did those. Um, but anyway, so Shepard's fragile human brain can't really comprehend these images, but at the same time, they have the news of Saren, and so they have to go to the Citadel, which is the pretty much the, the, the capital building for all alien races in the, gal- in the Milky Way galaxy to tell them about Saren and, uh, and how he's evil and stuff, and things go from there. So anybody want to pick up the next leg of Mass yeah. Effect story? I'll, can I jump in? Yeah, so we're we're at the Citadel. Yeah, so you you get to the Citadel, and um, I believe the first priority is to link up with Anderson, right? And subsequently, Udina, and basically notify them of what happened. Then you um, have counsel with the council. <laughs> how how did, how about that? Um, basically, you tell them what happened, as you had mentioned that we do. Um, they don't believe you initially because Saren is their top specter. 
which yep. is a new a new uh, phrase like that we learn at this point in the game. Yeah, they're they're like the uh, think of like the like think CIA of like the, Well, I was gonna say I was gonna say if you want to think about the if you want to think about space as like the Wild West, they're like the bounty hunters, you know, sort of so to speak. They have autonomy with how they can operate outside they've of the got law. Like government, they've yeah. got government sponsorship, basically. Right. Yeah, they don't answer to anyone except the counselors, and even then, it's even really, really it. it's really how they frame what they've done to the counselors. Yeah. Right. So, um, but yeah, so you get there and you explain to them, and uh, you have to try to figure out a way to convince them. So you have to go find evidence that leads you on a uh, kind of a world building, character crew building um, segment of the opening part of the game where you. You meet Garrus, um, who is Garrus Vicarian. He is who your is, you get gotta on be one of my play. favorite characters in the yeah. entire series. Garrus, Rex, he's one Rex of the Garrus Tally. Oh, they're Rex also Garrus, awesome. Tally, yep. Uh, Tally. Uh, well, Garrus is convinced that Saren is guilty as well, but um, he doesn't really know how to prove it. But eventually, you have him. Uh, I, I can't remember exactly what the catalyst is. Does he just decide to join you after you become Spectre status? You, you or? talk to him, and he's like, "I don't." He's C-Sec, I, remember? Yeah. yeah. And, and his boss wouldn't let him um, kind of pursue the gear, the 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 Saren trail. That but you're like, Turian. hated that guy. Yeah, so but you're <laughs> like, I know that I know that Saren is a bad guy. Do you right. want it? If you feel like you have like a path to kind of get him, do you want to help me? And he's like, yeah. "Well, hell yeah, I do." Yeah, let's get on. <laughs> hell get yeah! On and then, but so and then after that, you go down to the 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 bottom side of the markets, right? Where the cores cores den? Are you the, talking about the, the alley? The bow the bowels, and then Saren the and some is operatives. What called. Yeah, the yeah. Well, yeah, I know, I know, but yeah. I'm just calling them the bowels of the Citadel. Oh. I just love how every every place you go has to have like uh, a Dance club, with yeah, like, and I love how they call it on his dancing in every single scene. Yeah. Right? Oh, like and his dancing scene. is so bad. We'll get it. We'll 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 get there. Well, and as if so as if you know, Saren isn't <laughs> as implicated enough. You uh, on your way to Korra's den, um, you get attacked by a couple of his goons. They try to assassinate you, and um, that depends on what order you do it in. I figured right. out, right? Like yeah. all this stuff can yeah. be a little bit different. So I. I um, for the sake of time, I think we should jump in a little bit more to like our aspect of what we like, what yeah, uh, what we thought about different like choice points and and crazy things in the game, especially knowing how how the Reapers are really the cause of all this stuff that's going on at the beginning. Um, and we could talk about some theories too, like one of them being did was Saren was Saren indoctrinated the whole time? Absolutely. Yeah, I, think, and I so. think I think depending on the ending you get with Saren, it shows that he was definitely indoctrinated and he felt like a tool at the end. Because yeah. I, I I got to the point where I just talked him out of it. I didn't have to fight Saren. Saren, he just popped himself. And yeah, I did too. Before. Yeah, and so I I think he knew, and uh, that's what I love about this game is there is that real moment and you can actually hear it in the voice actor's voice where he's just like, "Wow, I really screwed it up." Mm-hmm. And he knew that there was no way back from. Same with uh, with um, Venezia. She the exact same thing. Oh, that was such a heavy piece too. And if you take Liara with you, 
that's a, that's way more heavy. Did both yeah. of you bring Liara with you to? Well, uh, and I was gonna say, like, what's your typical loadout? What's your class style um, when you play? And then who do you take with you? Because I think that's important. And for me, yeah. I always did a soldier. Um, I don't think you got a, a bonus skill in Mass Effect One, so we can talk about that in two. Um, the bonus skill I would always use with being a soldier, but I would typically take Liara because her singularity is one of the best freaking squad skills. Yeah. In the game. Right. Um, and then I would either take like Garrus or Rex or Tally, depending on who I needed. Uh, wh- whether it be tech skills, whether it be a biotic, but a good attacker with Rex or be just Garrus, who's just tech and, and attack. I-, I was pretty similar loadout to you. I always played as a soldier as well. I again, I kind of took to these games as like a shooter aspect uh, with RPGs as uh, um, characteristics as opposed to the other way around. By the way, sniper rifles, folks. Sniper rifles in this game are deadly. <laughs> like if, once, if, yeah, yeah. Sniper rifle with incendiary ammo is all I pretty much use throughout the three games, and you can you can really cheese the enemy AI and just wipe people out knowing where yeah. they're going to come out of places. So I would do I, that a lot, too. I would start off with a sniper from far away and then move in and start using my assault rifle. Yeah. Um, but I, if they can even get close enough to you to use an assault rifle. Right, right. I would play through similar setup where I, I always had... I loved Garrus. Garrus is like one of my favorite characters. He's your space um, alien best friend, and that's awesome. I love it. Especially knowing that you know, uh, 20 years, 15 years before, you guys were on the opposite sides of a war. And you're, like, best buddies. Yeah, and it's awesome. And the, the dialogue, it, it's not quite I want to play this game now. Like, I, I know, just... right? <laughs> the dialogue in the first one between them is not quite as good, but it gets really good um, yeah. as you go through the series. He, and start having they, the definitely have a, they definitely have a mentorship going on between the two of them, you know, where you get the... You get the feeling where Shepard is what Garrus wants to become, and he thinks he becomes that in Mass Effect 2, and then he has his uh his whole uh falling out with. Yeah, it like depending yeah, on how you play Shepard too. Yeah. Um, Garrus is really hot to trot in Mass Effect One. He wants to, you know. Yeah. He wants to do whatever he needs to do without. Who cares about the rules? Who cares right. who I hurt? As long yeah. as I get the bad guy. And depending on how you play Shepard, I always play Paragon. Yeah. Like you said, Josh, I never thought of it as like a mentor mentee kind of thing, but you really are. And there's those moments where Shepard practices what he preaches and Garrus sees it. Yeah. And Garrus even makes comments on it. And you can see that kind of shift and maturing of his, yeah. of his set and way around. I never, I never looked at it that way. That's cool. By, yeah. see, my, my typical party consisted in Mass Effect one, uh, typically would have been, a combination of Rex, Garrus, and Liara. I didn't really use Tally that much, but um, I the tech stuff. I always like try to keep a tech person because it's hard to hack the doors if you don't yeah. have a tech person. Well, and same with tech. exploring planets. Tally was always on my planet exploring expeditions because yeah. that's the way you can hack and get the artifacts out of something. Right. You needed that tech skill, and she was the only yeah. one tech skill high enough to do that. Right. Who did For you me. guys? Who did you guys Sorry, end up uh, romancing? Well, let's get into that, but let's let Josh keep going with his loadout and stuff. Oh, um, yeah, I was just going to say that I, I, um, you guys were the soldiers, right? Yeah. I, I actually chose to be infiltrator in all, all of the games. Oh, cool. And Which is, so is that, that, that's, that's tech. That's, 
that's uh, infiltrator is uh i think you know weapon wise it's a pistol and sniper rifle um um proficiency and then i think there was a little bit of tech i can't remember 100 i don't want to because i think sentinel is biotic infiltrators tech and then soldiers just a bull in a china shop right um okay alex what were your uh squad mates and, and loadouts and stuff so, um, kind of touched on it a little bit already, but I'd always yeah. take Aerith if I could. I like Liara a lot, especially through this playthrough. Uh-huh. And, you know, I would kind of switch things up. I-, I tried to play with everybody. I got the achievement of playing through with every character. So many oh, yeah, sure. I yeah. rarely used Caden or Ashley just because, I mean, Caden was kind of bland in the first game. And just Ashley. Ashley's terrible, but also I was a soldier, so having Ashley in the party didn't make a lot of sense. But just added more of the same. And we'll 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 get into Ashley and her story arc when we get to Mass Effect Three because they they well, made it, her less obnoxious, but not de- as she's still depends. obnoxious. It depends because I always play through where okay, so at one point you have a choice. You have to save Caden or you save save Ashley on the planet. Uh-huh. On um I Vermeer, that's right. And I my previous playthroughs I always saved Ashley. Her character's got a little more character to it, like it Yeah. She just is more of an interesting character, she's more grounded. I felt like Caden is a little bland. You hear about her but, family and all that stuff too. Right. right. Um awful yeah <laughs> at least in the first especially in the first one but so this time i actually just let i i saved Caden. yeah so i think y'all both what, what did y'all do did y'all i always save ashley yeah i saved ashley bores me so much he reminds me of a character from the show i used to watch called instant star it's a lot like yeah. the grassy oh yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah he reminds me of a character named tommy on there and i just i i just can't save him <laughs> So that that's kind of what I ended up doing, and, and I this is the first time I've ever done that. And I, I do I kind of think I like the way the game plays better in some in at least some aspects if you save Ashley. Yeah. Uh, but we could talk about that in yeah. two and three. That's really where it matters. Right. Um, but also too, I think it depends on which Shepherd you're playing as. Yeah, male or female. Sa- saving right. saving Caden, whether you romance him or not. Saving Caden just makes more story coherent sense as a female shepherd than the other way around. Because that's what the game was programmed to be like, was right. that romantic interest. So Yeah, I think you only, had, you, only had, you only had three possible in the first one, right? Caden, uh, Ashley, Ashley, and Liara. Garrus, right? I think. Oh, Garrus? Are, are, I think it was just Ashley, Liara, and Caden. If you're a female, I'm pretty Kaden. sure you can, uh, you, can, you can romance. Maybe. Okay. Sure. Um... Because I, I, there's somebody that you can, I think, in every one, even two, in each, in each, uh, in each one. But getting into romancing, by the way, Alex, you want to jump into this? Oh, you know me. Um, I have my opinions on this, and I granted, you know, we were talking about this earlier. I've played this a ton of times, and I've done all sorts of different romancing combinations, but I feel that Liara. Romancing her in the first one, staying loyal in the second, and then staying with her in the third. I think canon-wise, as a male shepherd and female shepherd, honestly, their story just makes the most sense, especially with what Liara sacrifices for you, and we'll get into more of that in Mass Effect 2 and 3, um, and even 4, it looks like, possibly. Yeah. 
But uh, I just feel that Liara has done more for Shepard and cares more for Shepard than any other character that's brought through. And there are plenty of characters that have a strong connection with them. Um, I agree 100%. But Liara, <laughs> that's the way to go, I think, yeah. is, is being built yeah. to Liara throughout the entire thread. What did you What did you do, Josh? You are Are you a Liara purist? Uh, yes. I I found throughout this game series that I have a I have a a, a big soft spot for blue women. <laughs> so, uh, I never knew that until I played Mass Effect. So she is uh, such a lovable character, though. Yeah, she's she's got like and a her, useful presence, and she's got yeah. kind of like a goofy. But her character arc also is really badass across the trilogy. It it's, really is. But they just have that. The, that strong connection though and they yeah. always had it from the beginning of Mass Effect 1 there is no other character that other than Tally I would say that yeah. you have any chemistry even and that's the, enough. You do that's have the thing good too chemistry building a lot Tally of throughout the game a lot yeah. of the trilogy I think the the top two uh, romantic interests for people to play through are Tally and Liara so I don't know I mean Ashley probably is up there too I would imagine but I think it's those two that I see People posting on Reddit yeah. or making articles about primarily. I I did I've done um, the the uh, Ashley path before in one of my earlier playthroughs. I've done that several times, yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree with both of you. Liara is it makes a lot of sense because I when I came back and played through this time, I I didn't use a guide. I I obviously I know what happens, so I had that extra bit of information, but I just kind of went with what I would do in the situation and what made the most sense for the character of Shepard mm-hmm. that I felt like he would be, which is an RPG, so that's kind of like how I play RPGs. And Liara made a lot of sense. You know, he, he's got the, if you, you know, every time you find a Prothean beacon and you have the weird, you know, meat cybernetics going through your head, mm-hmm. he, she will be there and be like, we could try doing this like super interpersonal connection thing that Asari only Asari's can do, and maybe I can help you understand it. And it's like that's like a super intimate, like close connection that they have just from doing that. And I thought that was like it makes a lot of sense that they would develop a relationship out of that. Also, plus it's the only one where it's not like you're her. You're you're her commanding officer. Yeah, it's right. not as it felt, feels yeah. a little weird in today's time. You know, today's a culture. Bit of like, yeah, let's let's see if we can and spark they, up a romantic interest with my my subordinate. They do touch on that, especially if you romance Ashley in the first one. Yes. They talk about yeah. the nuances of that relationship. By the way, I didn't mention I was I was laughing about this to myself. Um, Legendary edition. I played through it twice. By the way. Already? Just so you know, yeah, and and all, I had all three games, all three games, and I haven't played Mass Effect in probably what three weeks, Alex. So that's how quickly I've been through it twice. Wow. Mm. So I, I I know the games really well, and the first time I played through, I just mainlined it and didn't stop much for things. So I screwed up some story stuff that really irritated me. So I kind of had to go back through and, and play it right once I remembered. I messed up a big, big thing in two that bothered me, and then I messed up something else in three that bothered me as well. So yeah, I guess uh, we can when we get there. I guess you can yeah, well, yeah, we'll, I'll, I'll we'll talk about those. But uh, but yeah, I played through the entire trilogy twice. 
So what uh, what were, in your opinion, the biggest choices that you could make between Paragon and Renegade within Mass Effect 1? Rex was the biggest one on Vermeer, how you handled that situation. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, right. And then... Because Rex can actually die in Mass Effect 1, right? Yeah, so yeah. Rex, Rex, Rachni, and then yeah. Ashley Caden are the three biggest things for me. Um in Mass Effect One, and obviously how you handle Saren at the end, but that that he's yeah. going to die regardless. But um, and also, I'll throw out to um, whether or not you choose to save the Council as well. That's, yeah, that's I forgot about that one. one. And who you yeah. put on the Council is a yeah. big difference uh, for two. Yeah, but, it doesn't really matter. But Rex, Rex, I'd say is the biggest decision just because mm-hmm. he changes an entire his presence. Changes it, an entire has, section of Mass Effect 2 completely. It very reverber, uh, reverberates a lot into it. And even into 3, yeah. So that's yeah. that's probably the biggest one right there. And so, like, I, yeah, the character arc that I kind of mentioned earlier for him is pretty bananas just from where he starts to where he ends up if he stays granted, alive. I've never, played, I've never played it with sacrificing the council and having an all-human council, so I have no idea how that plays out. I know. I mean, I mean, either that's another thing. Like, I don't do those choices because they don't make sense to me. Right. Yeah. I, it doesn't. That's why I can play this game the same way all the time because it makes sense to me. To well, and I'm I'm very so utilitarian in yeah. just how I go about things. Yeah. Good. And so that's how I go through my Mass Effect is the greater good for all the species in the galaxy as opposed to you know just being being, all, uh, uh, being like, a populist nationalist human. Yeah. yeah. Um, or so let's it. talk about a couple of those choices. What did you guys do with the Rachni? Save them. Yep. It's not their fault. And, and like, the, the relationship between the Solarians, the Krogan, and the Rachni, and the Turians, all that is, I mean, there's so much human in that. And, and uh, let's, what is it, that episode of It's Always Sunny where the... the cats in the wall and so they keep putting animals in there it's to go get it yeah. and then that that's ex- essentially what the rachni wars were <laughs> and so and then it ends up you know the the the, the, the genophage and, and all that junk and yeah. the rachni getting wiped out which when you get to talk to the rachni queen you mm-hmm. figure out that the yeah they, they look like scary bugs but they're really cool and they and view the world in such sm- a intelligent beautiful way they're- Great engineers, and it wasn't yeah. their. You realize it was, after talking to them, it wasn't their fault. Yeah, they're just they're misunderstood, and 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 they were being controlled. Yeah, I really like the way that you put that about the. Uh, there's a lot of human in that relationship between all those other races, and yeah. humanity is coming in into that scenario with a fresh lens of like, well, you know, we're only we've only been within this um, intergalactic community for 15 years, essentially. So we we have a fresh view on all your problems and like well why why wouldn't it be so easy to just bury the hatchet right here right, right. now and so many so many viewpoints are ingrained in um, the historical beliefs of how races should um, be carried forward or um, controlled that they they have a hard time letting go of it until. Commander Shepard comes along and makes the um, important decisions, and they like give him the, the ability to. I really like the relationship too between humanity and Batarians. 
that's a really interesting, complicated, messed up relationship because Batarians felt like they should have what humanity has. And that's what a lot of those lower races feel is humanity just kind of came in yeah, and, and, and took their place in line. Like the and so there's a lot of resentment <laughs> with humanity, yeah. which, which I, I both understand, but also um, it adds some really cool moments in later games as well where you have to make, and, and other species have to make those tough decisions of, is my revenge more important here? Or do we do we save the galaxy and then worry about that stuff later? So um, and we can get into that more later too. But yeah, I, I really like the relationship between all the races in, in here. Um, and even too, the farther you get into the games, you see, I mean, you think that Salarians, Asari, and Turians are all Kumbaya, but you figure out that there's a lot more infighting and secrecy and distrust amongst them too. That they're hiding well, stuff from each any, other. So anything pertaining so to the anything pertaining to the genophage too is fascinating in that regard. Just how yeah. how in Mass Effect One you're painted as it was just this cut and dried black and white situation, and as the trilogy progresses, you really start to see finer nuances between all of the main three races, other than the Krogan involved in that, and just kind of how. There were a lot of differing um, opinions and viewpoints on that touchy, genocidal subject, you know? Well, it's, and it, it, that's a very human thing, too, because these decisions and questions have been asked in human history. And it's when does an outsider have the agency to tell you how to live or tell you how you're supposed to be or tell you what you are? Solarians the entire time, I mean... Oh, Krogans are beasts and they're terrible and they're yeah. inherently violent and the genophage is ne yeah. necessary. And but like, is that true? We don't know because all we see is off. what's left of the Krogan after yeah. they have been violent. Or, you know, not violent. Yeah. But have been, right. Like, and but in, very aggressively. No offense to the no offense to the Krogan, but you can't blame them for feeling that way after how they how dirty they were done, you know, in that but whole then scenario. In, in three, a Krogan, and we'll get into this obviously in three, but a Krogan gives you the other side of the story of of or a more grounded viewpoint from a Krogan of the Krogan, mm -hmm. where that individual is just like it's so one sided before that. Right? It's like Krogan get... did it to themselves, and again, you get human. You get to see that human yeah. aspect and looking at it. And there that's too, something so. the series one doesn't have as much of that depth. Right. But that's the advantage of doing a trilogy. Is right. Of course, you're not going to get that much depth in one game. If you took three by itself, you don't have that much depth because you get the other side. But you put, but it's still very, um, very thin, right? But you add one, two, and three together, and now you have this huge, deep, thriving world. I mean, universe, really. And and that was one of the greatest things about Mass Effect One is it really felt like you were exploring the galaxy. And it was mm -hmm. such a cool thing to be able to go mm -hmm. out and click on that galaxy map, get pulled into the different systems, and then go blasting off with the Mass Effect relays. Such a cool thing. So, um, but yeah, folks, this, this is honestly... Gosh, I mean, I hate saying something's my favorite anything, be it a song, movie, whatever, just because I don't like that kind of commitment, but... I would have to say this is probably my favorite <laughs> game, and I, I think of them all three of the game, you know, Mass Effect trilogy. Yeah, but that's, I that's why the legendary edition is so awesome. 
and think of it as an 80 to 120 hour epic you know right and and you i think you owe it to yourself um whether you're starting off with rpgs this is this game this series i never played an rpg before this and rpgs are pretty much my bread and butter now so if you want good exposure to an rpg if you want some of the most rock solid character development of mm-hmm. any IP that you could possibly get, play this game. I mean, it's one of those games to where, uh, you know, a lot of games you go through dialogue options. Even if you've played the game before, you're just skipping through just to get through the content. But with this, you actually want to hear the conversations. You want to see right. where they're going. You want to build the relationships, which sounds, you know, people who aren't video game folks, it sounds goofy wanting to build these relationships. But there's a certain point, especially with the characters that are in all three games, you feel so close to them. Yeah. You, you 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 know their personalities, you know what to expect from them. You you there's instances where you can feel disappointed when one of them does something that you you know you wouldn't like and and there's just you feel like you have so much skin in the game even Cop, Cop one. So, um definitely get out there and play this if you haven't. I mean, this game for me, I mean, it, it has mistakes, obviously everything does, but I mean, it's a solid 10 out of 10 as far as the things that I like. Yeah, I I you're bringing us to a good point and where I would like to go ahead and, and do is the wrap up and our final full thought. So it's good that you brought us, brought us full circle there, Jared. You know, yes, there are flaws. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go, you, it's still a struggle to do some of the Mako missions. There were, <laughs> I still, love that. <laughs> there were yeah, still a that few. That broken physically. The physics of that thing are broken. Way it really is. If you know, like the the angle, yeah, yeah, yeah. Use the right way, and of course, I'm going up the side. I'm not going around. What are you talking about? No. I'm, I'm going to spend an hour going up the side well, of this. A lot of my mindset is, way, like, I've been doing this for ten minutes. I'm not is a straight line. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> Even if it's straight up a cliff. Yeah. Well, and and there are some game breaking bugs. There's a few times I was on the I was on the mission on Ilium. No, Ilos. Ilos. That's uh, are you, we're the the, the, the big, yeah. big nasty bug or, or plant, or were you on the the snow planet? The VI, the Prothean VI. Josh, Josh yeah. got it. That was Pharos. Uh, Ilos. 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 Yeah, Ilos. It was Ilos. So Ilos, I was on that one. I'm going doing the the straight run with the Mako at the end there, and I just got stuck in the <laughs> wall, and I'm like, <laughs> fuck. So, like, there are some games, and there was a few times where I had to save and restart. That's that's another thing. I'm glad you said that. Folks, the auto-saving in these games is god-awful. So, don't, don't manually it. save. Manually save, like, every 10 minutes or so. You will lose, potentially, a ton of yeah. progress because auto-saving is so janky, and it auto-saves at the time. I didn't notice that outside of Mass Effect One, though. I, you know, when you're on yeah, missions in two and three, I was paranoid two and three, so I just saved yeah. like I wouldn't, because I, and, and I had to go back and play like two and a half hours in Mass Effect. Yeah, one. that sucks. There so. apparently the I didn't notice this either, but apparently the quick resume isn't working with Mass Effect. It it does every once in a while, and so, it's very. You have to like close it out, watch a YouTube video, and then play it again for it to work, but. If I well, the only it. issue I had, because I, it was mostly the only game I played over the course of this last month. So, if I played another game, the quick resume wouldn't work. But yeah. if I had just done like Netflix or, or Hulu or something, it would pick up exactly where I was. 
So I never I had an issue. That's how I lost that two and a half hours was I yeah. like turned it off for the night and I came back. And I was expecting it to jump back in, but it started it over, and that's why I lost that. Now that and the and the game time thing is totally messed up because it says I've played Mass Effect three for like three hundred hours or something yeah. like that. Like I have not. That's not true. That's janky. Mm-hmm. You're a liar. So um, I, yes, love the game. It this reminds me why it's one of my favorite games of all times, and I'm so glad we got the legacy or the legendary edition. It's it's been great. Josh, final points. Bring us in for a landing as the yeah, bring us as in. the new. Take us home. Um, well, I mean, how do you guys typically do this? Just like what we just did. Okay. Um, I really love the more prevalent RPG aspects of Mass Effect One. I, I I told you guys both this um, off mic, but I really like that um, that RPG Space Odyssey kind of feel to it. And I'm really, I'm really hoping that's what we're gonna get. Um, you know, this Mass Effect One will be a light version of what Starfield is gonna be. I'm really hopeful right. that 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 kind of pans out to be that case. But um, the, you know, combat bleh, a little bit at times. Once you get used to it, um, once you understand what weapons and combinations of ammo, as we had discussed, um, are the most important or most effective. Is the the biggest hurdle, and then other than that, the story, um, epic. I I don't really see any. I mean, it's it's a damn near perfect, you know, story for Mass Effect One. It, it's agree. a good, I agree. good rising action, good good autonomy of choices, both within how you can tackle missions sequentially and the choices you make along the way. I mean, if you if you really wanted to, you could not interact with Liara till like the very end of the yeah, game. Yeah. <laughs> and I and I and I, I think there's even like some funny bit of dialogue because of that. Like she'll think you're like a a mirage or like a specter or something. She's so she has an, and stuff. Yeah. And it, um but just like the attention to detail and things like that I think make Mass Effect one a truly great story to follow. Well said. I, I agree. All right, folks, we are over time, but of course we could talk about this game by itself for so much longer. So we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here. If you're interested in Mass Effect 2, that will be coming up next week. Also, in honor of all the new updates for Doom Eternal, we're going to be playing Doom Eternal. So if you want to get on board with that, go ahead and start playing and continue listening to the podcast. All right. Later, folks. See ya.